0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. Here on this Wednesday, initially said Friday. That's before I realized that basketball played on Friday. I was eyeing November 10th in my mind about, oh, it's a Thursday. But we're going to do it today because one of us is busy tomorrow, including the game on Friday. So here we are today to talk about everything that's happened just in the last couple of days. And, of course, uh, preview the Bison of North Dakota State in a pretty much must-win game I'm Nick Malone joined by Noah Lurch and Noah that's exactly what it seems like we'll go through the stats of everything we know about the Bison what we are historically against them it's not on our side where it stands we were negative on the previous pod for rightful reasons it's one of those things that again now basketball is here we are you know getting to the nitty-gritty of football and we're trying to stay alive to fight for playoff football because that's exactly what we want but again behind the eight ball it seems with two games left what's going on
1: yeah, we're getting ready to see what what this team's really made of. I mean, going on, going into a situation and dug yourself a hole where you don't want to be into where I think where, I mean, I think it ends up being wide out up there in the Fargo Dome, so not a place you want to go in, in kind of a must-win situation to see if you can make the playoffs, but you've put yourself in this, at least the offense, and Nick Hill has done that. Um, we know our defense is going to show up every week, but in a tough situation.
0: Yeah, again, the desperation thing will be a main part of this preview at the end about they're going in there with just reckless abandon. Let's just try to win. It's almost like you need to do too much, like do too much. You don't want to do too much to where you get blown out. You want to at least keep it close for sure to even give you any hope, but we'll talk about it near the end. Uh, We'll do our usual recruiting pitch here. We'll talk about other stuff, but Noah came to our attention today or this morning about 11 hours ago. We got a new portal uh, offer and interest, um, and he's at a position that we're going to definitely need next year. We have guys in the wings, as we know, we, but we're always going to be heavy in the portal. We're losing a really important guy at this guy's position, uh, just in general of like the trenches part. Noah, talk about who that is. And then go ahead and you know go through everything we know about with our commits about where their seasons are. Some are already finished, but if some are still alive and their playoff uh, picture, and then we'll dive we'll dive into a couple guys we've lost out on recently, also for next year's class.
1: Yeah, Terrence Caldwell's the portal offer. I mean, a big time interior guy, six one, um, from out in California. He was at Cornell. He's entered the portal as a grad transfer with two years of eligibility. And obviously we know we have two guys sitting out waiting on their waivers, not going to get them. And now they're going to have to add to that place next year. And a thing where we got, got some guys with some decisions because if I go back to, we talked about all that several times when Nick Hills pre, uh, preseason presser, he said, everybody in that room has eligibility, which I, To us, I mean, you just mentioned it kind of right there. You think Chase Evans or Akafal would probably move on and graduate, but um, still looking out of that line because we've shown that line hasn't been what it needs to be. And if you had a guy to his caliber and the goes two guys sitting out to this line in that room next year, that's big time. Um, But looking into what our commits are doing and how they're doing, always start up always starting the state of Illinois up in our linebacker commit, Ben Feigl, the bulldogs 10 and one one, a win last week um, against Lincoln way central 45, 17 um, another win for them in the, in the state playoffs. Um, they get a very good and undefeated uh, Honaga team this week. Um, so going on the road against the number two seed in the 7A bracket, um, will be a tough matchup for the Bulldogs, but um, expect Ben and them to have a big game. So that is like that. Also in the state of Illinois, uh, one of our QB commits, Jake Curry and those Edwardville Tigers, um, staying alive with a 48-14 win against Glenbard West um, last week. So Jake and his team staying alive. Um, against a very good Glenbard West team. And they get a game against York, a 10-1 and team, this this coming Saturday at 2.30. So a lot of afternoon games while our guys are get, trying to keep well, – while SIU's playing, trying to keep up what our commits are doing. Um, but in the quarterfinals, playing the five seed, Edwardsville, getting a chance up there. I mean, they're in Class 8A, the biggest – Biggest one in the biggest class in the state. I mean, having a quarterback that's on a team like that, it's pretty cool to keep track of. Um, Also, well, obviously up in Mount Carmel who our guy, Blaine Cision, kind of an athlete. We're not really sure exactly what he's going to play here, maybe tied in or something like that. Maybe an H back and Aiden Quinn, or maybe even a Jacob Garrett role, but, Coming in with a 42-21 win over uh, Sullivan Oka Valley, Bethany Co-op last week. Um, They get uh, a game this Saturday. I potentially think it's down here. Yes, it's down here, 2 o'clock at DeCoin. So, um, obviously, dogs on the road. I mean, if I was able to get off in time, I'd definitely – I'm sure him and Coach Hill have some back and forth this week, but a big – road playoff game down here in 3A um, for a local team. We saw it last year. I mentioned one of the last podcasts. Um, one of our guys played down here at Benton last year. So that's another one. Then other than that, obviously we know our guy Aiden Morarty in Oswego East failed to make the playoffs in the state of Illinois and Iowa. Our guy, one of our, our newest commit Parker getter um, they're coming off a, Lost So they ended their season last last week in the playoffs 31-21 to a really good bonder at far yard team. So Parker uh and his senior season is, so he's getting ready to go to work this off season and prepare himself to get here during the summer and get here to Carbondale. Other than that, in Missouri, obviously we know our guy Tyrese Reed and his Webster Groves uh, lost last Last uh, the week prior, so they got eliminated in the playoffs as well. In the state of Kentucky, our guy Lucas McDaniels, athlete, his team's continuing to roll. or We're rolling until last week. They played a North Oldham team and got just annihilated, 43-14 in his senior year. Um, I think they posted today he made all-district uh, team, I think, um, I think we retweeted it, if I remember correctly, or I put it in our bookmarks. Uh, yeah, he made all district selections in 4A, so good for him at that tight end position to make that. So obviously not the ending they wanted. They were a really good football team with only one loss coming to that one. E.T. Harris, our QB commit um, down there in the Louisville area, Kentucky Country Day. Um, their team continues to roll as well as they got a home game. Against Bethlehem this Friday night, so E.T. and his team continue to roll with a 50 nothing win against Fulton County last week, so E.T. slinging the rock and doing his thing. Also down there in Kentucky, uh, our defensive end commit Nate Tronzo. They're 8-3 on the year. They have a game against St. Xavier, who they already beat this season. Um, in the playoffs. So a, a familiar team coming off a 52-14 win against Meade County. So Nate and Nate the Shamrock staying staying strong and finishing off that season. Um, our guy Jack Lindsay in Owensboro down there in Kentucky, um, they get their playoffs, I think, rolling this week. They play a really tough South Warren team um, on the road this weekend. So Excited to see they're coming off a sixty-seven nothing win against Ohio County, so I'm sure Jack in that line got things going in the pass game and the run game to blow a team out like that. Down in Mississippi, our cornerback commit Denim Mitchell, uh, one of those guys where don't see a lot of and never really hear from on social media. They're six and four, but I think they open up playoffs as well. They're on the road at Lewisburg, a seven and three team to open up down there in the state of Mississippi in 7A. So another large class, some of our commits is playing in. So a lot of guys doing their thing. Um, I think I missed one. off. I think, I think, uh, oh, yeah, Evansville Wrights, our guy, Quentin Boak, offensive lineman, um, a team, ended an, another guy and got his season ended last week with a team they blew out earlier this year. Evans from Evansville Memorial, they lose 21 16 in the playoffs last week. So got some guys that it ended, ended their season a little bit early than than expected. So, um, hopefully that's not a foreshadowing to our season the way it's been going right now. So a lot of guys still, um, going deep in the playoffs expecting them, um, Especially here in the state, it's easier to keep track of, but excited for those guys. Good luck this weekend. A lot of guys, but other than that, recruiting-wise, lost out on two guys we were in on. Drew Doyle, that long snapper that was taking visits everywhere. Um, He went to Iowa State. Um, Then a guy we really wanted, I've been keeping track of. We saw one of the games, Peyton Brown running back. We lose a recruiting battle to SEMO, so he stays home in the state of SEMO. the state of Missouri, and goes down to Semo. That that one hurts. Obviously, when you when you have a running back like Gino has, it's hard to say no to following that kind of guy's footsteps.
0: Exactly, and that's a big reason potentially that. And I saw something that Gino is like fifty something yards away from five thousand in his career for for the near the end of the season. Yeah, when you beat him, and no matter how the game went, you know. You expect to win recruiting battles over Simo, even Drew Doyle, who yeah missed out. We knew he was going bigger. He was at he was at Semo in attendance for them, in the game against us too. So both those guys were factoring in for Semo at times as well. But um, yeah, we saw Peyton at Missouri State. Um, but yeah, some of the good job on the recruiting front again because a lot of these guys, which 100 percent Quentin, great season until it looks a little murky. Uh, that's just how football is played. You said it's definitely had been the case with us. Uh, you know, the fact that, you know, Jack shout out to Jack Lindsay for still, you know, messaging us. Some of the guys forget, but it's quite all right. They're still doing their thing. You mentioned some blowouts there too. A lot of the guys playing well. Yeah. Lucas McDaniels doing all he can in his games. He had a, a semi frowning emoji on the highlights that he posted and he did a great job, has had a great season, of course. Um, but yeah, everybody else is still doing the thing, of course. Yeah, we're hoping to talk again next week near the end of our season for the how it's going for all these guys. So did see yeah, Dennis Mitchell. He was uh, his coach made a post about him for his final like uh, you know home game at his uh, at his school, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw Terry Hawthorne retweet it and stuff. But apparently, because he, he retweeted something too, their basketball team played recently. He's playing basketball on there as well. I think he's on the header there on their account. So he's been doing that. We know some of those guys might, surely the McDaniels brothers are playing basketball as well. And like I said, the denim is there. Some others might as well, but good job on that again. Yeah. They're, you know, ramping up here. Some are about to start playing. Some have been playing. We'll see how it goes the rest of the way for those guys. Good luck to all of them. No doubt about it. Um, Quickly for NFL Salukis, former Salukis, but Former first because I had to save it just because we've talked about Zach Zabrowski a couple times. He has 394 passing yards a game, 46 touchdowns, 3900 total yards. Point. He's responsible for 290 yards and 4300 total offense of yards as well. So, shout out to Zach doing his thing that caught my eye on the feed. Again, uh, NFL dogs here. Uh, Ryan and the Buccaneers host your Titans, Noah, this weekend. Uh, Mike Cole and the Falcons are at Arizona. and The Cardinals are returning Kyler Murray. And then Craig James is at the Raiders on a crappy Sunday night football game. No offense to Craig and the Jets, but the Raiders are not good. So that's a – but we'll get to see him maybe factor his way in. I didn't see exactly what he did against my Chargers on Monday night, but he didn't do anything the week prior, so I'm not sure if he's doing much. But – Either way, he's still apparently with the team, we hope, and doing his thing. Uh, quickly to the FCS stuff before we get into the other games that are going on. I was listening to FCS Delivered uh, podcast earlier today with Craig Haley and Gary Reasons, and they had the committee chair, who's the AD for Montana, and he confirmed he, – they talked about a lot of stuff with – how you know how we see even yesterday with the fbs they always have a guy on talk about what some teams are how they factor into some some decisions but he did confirm because it says last year on the field i think he said but it's he can confirm that the field will expand next season uh to eight more seeds so 16 seeds and however many total and he says of course it'll create even more parity national competition and saying regionality is no issue either for all that. So we know that'll expand next year. Just to mention it now before we talk about it next year. No the other games that are going on, like I said, the nitty-gritty of conference season for a lot of teams around the country, for sure in the Missouri Valley. Uh, What's going on? There's some big games around the FCS, too. Dive into those, and then we'll dive into the other big games, not named ours, coming up this weekend.
1: Yeah, a lot of things going on around the FCS. Uh, just – to give you guys perspective of what this game means this weekend, uh, I think Sam Herter's had us down to number 23 out of 24 teams in his bracketology. I'm right there with him. Oh, my God, us a matchup against Incarnate Word in the first round. If that, you get shipped to Montana. So that's just what you're looking at right now. But games around the country, uh, just following Austin P and what they're doing, they're going to win the Atlantic Sun most likely. And that's the team we blew out the first of the year, but they host Utah Tech. Um, expect them to blow them out. Eastern Kentucky plays Central Arkansas in a big matchup there to try to get playoff eligible. In the Big Sky, Eastern Washington plays Montana State. Idaho's on the road at Weber. Montana plays Portland State. Sacramento State hosts Cal Poly. So, not really any of those top teams going to be in trouble, I would think this weekend. Um, Obviously, we're following what SEMO's down, doing down in the OVC. Um, they continue to continue to roll and somehow um, try to win that conference, even though they had a bad non-conference. But they're on the road at UT Martin. I would say that settles whoever wins this one will win that conference. I know I think Sam Herter had Gardner-Webb still winning that conference in his bracketology. But I think if UT Martin wins this, they pretty much seal up that that automatic bid to the playoffs. I know I, I had SIU playing UT Martin a lot in the first round, um, but that's one Gardner-Webb's on the road at Tennessee tech, Tennessee state on the road at Eastern Illinois. And that one, other than that around that SOCON VMI at Furman Wofford at the Citadel e- ETSU at Western Carolina, but around the Valley looking at some decent games this weekend, Murray state, Gets their trip up to Illinois State. That's an 11 a.m. start. I think Nick Hill likes those games. He'd get to watch those. Another one, South Dakota State on the road at Youngstown. Does Youngstown knock them off? I think it's very possible. It's definitely glad that one's not at the same time as our game. We can definitely tune into that and watch that fully. Western and Indiana State. Indiana State's giving everybody problems in Terre Haute so expect them to win big over Western North Dakota versus South Dakota the border battle border battle there um will be a good one i suppose even North Dakota's been slow you and i on the road at Missouri State and obviously our game in the Missouri Valley some solid games but obviously the one that stands out South Dakota state at Youngstown
0: for sure that's just knowing how that place is No telling how the weather's going to be. We are in November. It's been warm around here, whether it will be over in Ohio and such. But for sure, I think Youngstown could beat them too, whether they will or not. I think we should start pulling for South Dakota State to win by a couple scores or at least decently large margin to show that we're the only one in conference that could play with South Dakota State. That's the only thing we could hope for. But I definitely agree. Youngstown could for sure win that game. Uh, and just, again, because it's early and they're moving time zones over there. So keep an eye out for that. Indiana State should get their first win, get to 1-9, and nine, kill Western at home, no doubt. And North Dakota, South Dakota is an interesting game. North Dakota is kind of a, in the same boat as us in a way of holding on. They're still like a playoff team. That's not saying they're not, but the fact that they're at their other rival, yeah, the border war, and South Dakota's looking to eye a top eight seed potentially if they win out because they have this game, and then I think they play – uh Western I want to say so they'll be looking for an eight seed that so that's a good game and then you and I who is in a lot of other people's top eight seeds as it stands now and on fire and ahead of, ahead of us in the standings and uh we'll see if Missouri State just lays down to them but other than that yeah uh even Illinois State who's hanging around gets to kill Murray at home as well so yeah a lot of again nitty-gritty time South Dakota State Youngstown game keeping eye for that one early on Saturday quickly uh wasn't much clearly of presser. No, nothing on the depth chart that has changed either. Nick just was asked a lot. It was a long. It was a long um, uh presser. He was asked about a couple times about the the non overturned calls that got reviewed in our game, the Romier sideline play, and then Deontay's touchdown. He had the problem with it itself, but obviously there's nothing else you can do if they review it and how it doesn't come to fruition on our end. But he was asked a lot about that. And then some guy at the end, I think it was North Dakota. There was a couple of North Dakota state guys in there. It was like a 35 minute episode. And just asking about, you know, uh, how we can get, how we can stay consistent on the level of North Dakota, South Dakota state, like what it takes. So he might've be asking about, about that for everybody that has been consistent over the years, but Nick said he could go on forever just talking about it. And they were talking about specific things, what it takes to be a, a a top-notch program and facilities and all that stuff. So that was a good final question he was asked there. So without further ado, no, let's dive into the Bison again. They are a team that, uh, you know, they're right there with us. And they, it's, it does seem like the dynasty is taking a nosedive. But we know they're still competitive. And, you know, they lost to South Dakota State last week kind of handedly uh and they've had bad moments they've lost to like south dakotas and north dakotas of the world those are their three losses this year but no we know when they want to kick it into gear they will and the fact that we're going to third place we are zero and six all time and we've lost 10 of the last 11 meetings overall to them we'll talk about predictions near the end about what it takes but your initial thoughts on the matchup like i said what they have come in and you go ahead and dive into the personnel which we know a decent amount of them definitely their quarterback
1: you definitely know their quarterback that's been there for feels like forever. Cam Miller, a guy that not really high on, but he's that he's a dual threat. He's their leading rusher for this football team Um, to go along with running back to Williams. That's really good as well. Really good football team. Um, I think they lead the lead the country in rushing at 243 yards per game. So our number our top Five rush defense is going to get tested this week. Obviously, with the line of scrimmage, we always talk about it, and we've seemed to struggle in games like this where line of scrimmage happen. They're outscoring their opponents 106 to 56 in the first quarter. So, um, being on the road, it's not going to get any easier. So, got to do it. I mean, lead receiver Zach Mathis. uh, Everybody should know when he's on the field. I mean, it feels like last last time we played him, um, I was screaming. Every time he comes on the field, they're just going to throw him a jump ball because he's six seven, and that's exactly what happened, number zero. So you can't miss him on the field. Obviously, losing Hunter Lupke, that's a big part of their offense. They lose the draft and now playing for the Cowboys. But a lot of threats, Zach Mathis, Eli Green on Rajah Nelson um, and some tight ends on that, but their defense. Logan Kopp, um, a linebacker from St. Louis, Missouri, kind of out of our backyard, Leading the way with 56 total tackles on the year. Cole Wineski a safety that comes down, plugs holes, really good. Um, just really solid overall um, defense. Dylan Hendricks, defensive end, made a big impact. Led the Bison, leads the Bison with six and a half tackles for loss, four sacks on the year. So really good overall team, special teams-wise. Um, they're just as good as well, so. Their their punter's averaging forty six yards per punt this year, um has four or six within the twenty, four within inside the ten. So a guy that can flip the field and Griffin Crosa's, uh one of the best field goal kickers in the league. So a tough team, um, when tough team to always go play. Um, you said you talked a little bit about their dynasty being over. It's kind of never still. It's still a point. It's kind of like you're as an Alabama fan. Alabama's still gonna do what they do and they can get they can still kill you in any moment because that's the type of players they have. And it's still never easy thinking all wait, you're in a win must win situation. You can get to go on the road in the Fargo dome in a wide out on Veterans Day and good luck.
0: That's a great comparison of that, of both those teams at their respective levels. Exactly. I mean, no matter even what we think about them, other people thinking, yeah, we can go in and win. You know, they're definitely not the same, but, but even with the dynasty. But again, they, they can't possibly have had a 20 year run. It's been a 10, 11 year run. You knew it was going to you know, come down at some point. We talked endlessly about the times where they should even make a jump to the FBS themselves. And they haven't. And not saying they missed their chance that they start free falling. But they're always going to be competitive. They're never going to be which again, if we beat them and then their next game at Northern Iowa is really tough. Like I said, they're kind of in the same bubble as us. They're right behind us in the standings, which I didn't talk about all those standings were around the 10 to 15 range. Uh, But they could, if they finish six and five, they'll clearly miss out and that will be like worst case scenario for them. But I can't really foresee it. You know, they could definitely win these next two certify themselves And then, yeah, flip of the switch, they've been there before, they know what it takes, and they just go on a playoff run. You never know. But never count them out. We never have from the get-go. We always said, you know, it was before South Dakota game, before some of these other games near the end. It's like, okay, well, maybe we can beat South Dakota at home. They're hot, though. Oh, North Dakota State's struggling. We think we have a chance at their place. But at the end of the day, it's knowing where it's at. I mentioned the 0-6. It's just the only time we beat them was when we just – destroyed them in the spring as we know two years ago other than that they beat us yeah last time we were at their place playoffs they destroyed us you said the top rushing um, top rushing offense against our defense that will be the name of this game the fact that cam miller has 480 rushing yards himself on 83 runs he will get out hopefully we can have a spy on him we have a lot of guys to be able to do that because we said last year expecting the run they're not going to throw a whole lot first play was a 60 yard completion kind of thing so you know they can kind of just surprise you in those ways you can't go in expecting them to do something because they will flip the script that's how great they usually are and we know Jason Petrino is their new defensive coordinator Nick Hill talked about him in the press a little bit it's crazy thinking of what he's done there he's factoring a little bit to their free fall this year, but their defensive stats, I'm sure, are fine. They're not where they want to be. We know Jason's a good coach. Uh, it's just crazy that he left for here, and then we know the whole fiasco that's happened to us to this point. But we've had the best defense arguably in school history now. So it's kind of crazy how that's happened over this time here. But, again, they don't o- underlook them at any point, especially with their own backs against the wall in this game. Noah, if we were to talk about – clearly like what a spread could be on the road and then we'll get our dogs of the game and score predictions initial thinking of what a spread could be. You no, know, I mean, clearly it could be, it could be anywhere from three to 10 points of underdogs for us on the road We're evenly matched. I don't know how they would view North Dakota state where it stands. Now are you thinking around that number, or what are you thinking? And then go ahead and give me your dogs of the game.
1: Yeah, I would probably put it around. A, I mean, a one score game, probably about six and a half. If I were going to do it, I think Massey ratings earlier this week had, them winning by 10 points and gave them like a 76% chance of winning. So I'd probably put it around that, that touchdown mark six and a half would be a good spot for it. Obviously usually give Vegas usually gives teams three points for being home team. So I think they're probably on the at home again like in the Fargo dome, you could, I could see it around 10 wouldn't surprise me, but six and a half is a good number. So um, I think it'll be around that. Then obviously dogs are the game. Uh, offensively, it's got to be one guy, and he's still got a lot to prove me wrong on, and that's Nick Baker. It, it starts with him, obviously, in a game like this, and he's got to be a lot better um, than he has been. So expect him to try to. He's got to put us on his back and get us get us in these games, and obviously, uh, the line's going to be better for got to be better for him, but it's got to be Nick Baker offensively.
0: Zero doubt about it. That's who. I was, that's who it needs to be the rest of the way because his career is on the line. Just in general, about how he wants to go out. He knows. Sure, he'll, he'll take the hits. He'll get up. But it's a matter of if you're taking everything we've said recently, the eight-yard sack that puts us in a hole. You got to get the ball out. Everything we've said recently. But again, our We can't. It, we shouldn't pick anybody else besides the line. Yes, because if we have Romer, we need to establish the run a little bit in this game to open up the pass. But, Nick, it's night and day, and it's not even close about who it needs to be. So, uh, again, his career's dwindling down. If he wants to go out, reasonably so, and and fight this team, will this team to the playoffs, it has to be him. Zero doubts about it. Everyone else will take care of their own right. It's all about him, his decision-making of what he does. No, I'm going to go with P.J. Jules on defense just because I was on the FCS Fans Nation thing on YouTube on Sunday, and they were talking about Buck Buchanan Awards, and I was on there, and they talked about it in the moment. Said my name and said PJ Jules, and they both kind of said whatever. We know PJ has had either a bad game, but he'll have a four-game stretch of great. He's gonna, I hope he gets drafted. We'll talk about it at the end. Like he's proved it this season. Again, we need our biggest players in the biggest games. PJ's gonna be in coverage, he's gonna be around the line of scrimmage. I, you know, predicting some things. I picked him as dog before about maybe getting his first pick, tackles for loss. He needs to do it all. Noah, we could go with a defensive lineman to stop the run. That's kind of what this game needs to be. If North Dakota State gets any lead, they will run the ball, and we'll see if our defense is up for it. No, who do you got on our defense? And then go ahead and say special teams.
1: Yeah, it's going to be definitely a really good challenge for this elite defense we have because um, this is a team where, unlike a, unlike our offense, 51% of the times they convert third down, so they're really good I mean, we see how good our red zone defense has been this year, and uh, it's been really good. We hold teams of field goals, but on 42 trips to the red zone this year, North Dakota State has scored 93% of the time, put points on the board. So, And I, I just really think that it's going to be big. Obviously, they've only allowed nine sacks on the year, so pass rush is going to have to figure out ways. We're going to have to disguise some things, but I really like your P.J. PJ pick, but I'm going to go with – a guy at that linebacker spot and expecting big things, Dune Smith. And I mean, in the past game, maybe this is just a game where defense is going to have to show it. So I like Dune in this game to be big, big time than special teams, obviously in games like this, there's gotta be game changers. So I'm going with Isaiah Hartrip. He's been very sketchy on punt returns, but I need a big one this week.
0: Great pick. And even on returns, if Vincent Davis, I think Jimmy Athens will probably stay next to him, but those guys can give us any good field position. You know, it's not like just knowing about what game it is. You mentioned it's senior day. It's a wide out. Like they, we will get typical North Dakota state in this game. It won't be what, you know, they can still struggle. Hope that offense could struggle against our defense kind of thing, but you know, it's going to be pivotal to get really good field position to be able to go do what we want to do in this game because they will be feeding off everything in this one. So I like that pick. It's even like, you can go with anybody again. Everybody is a dog of the game at this time of the year. If we're going to kick field, I feel like North Dakota state is going to play in this game that we can't settle for field goals. But if you have the chance, you take points no matter what rely on your defense, but hopefully we have the play calls and the execution to not settle for those. Horny's been playing good, just torny needs to keep punting good. It's in a dome. You have advantages there. And even Burkswood, you know, and Jake for PATs kind of thing. So for sure, I almost went with Dune Smith because again, we need spies on Cam Miller. It's PJ, it's Dune, it's Branson. Those are three elite guys. We we like in coverage and we like doing things like that. uh so yeah, again, everybody needs to be great. That's bottom line for that, Noah. So if we try to predict how this one's gonna go, we you know, we predicted 7-4 to start the year. We thought that'd be enough. We knew it'd be pushing it again. We know it's how it's been over the years. And, you know, from the season that we've had, that six wins, you know, with however many games I have, it's like, oh, yeah, playoff team. Let's just try to just win the games we know we should, blah, blah, blah. But, no, it leads to this game again where we're 0-6 at third place, desperation. Even with a game at hand after this, seven and four seems like a year where it's not going to get it done. There's a lot of teams with at-large options and so on and so forth. No, I, There's a part of me that doesn't think we'll win, but just in terms of the fact that we need to win, I'm just going to settle with a 17-14 to low-scoring game with defenses galore in this one. But I hope our offense can make just, a, just one simple play because, again, they need to. Their season's potentially on the line. I have to go with a win, Noah, even though I'm 50-50 on it. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, definitely think, obviously, you've dug yourself this hole and just going on a road in this environment. It's just not a good spot to be in And until I'm proved proved wrong. Otherwise, this offense, no confidence in them, no confidence in play calling, no confidence in this uh, short quarterback that can't see over the line. So I think our defense, we talked about it, it's elite. It continues to show up. Um And I expect them to show up this week, but I got a 24 to six loss. I just don't think offense gets it going again. And but this is a type of team that's just going to mash the ball. Defense shows up, um, makes it manageable, but offense still can't finish drives. So um, you have an opportunity this week to hand a team that hasn't lost more than three games and over in almost like 15 years. So if you want to hand them that that fourth loss and be that team and send them whether it's a, they're in a must win next week at you and I put them in that position like you guys are. So it's time to step up, Nick Baker. It's got to be on you, Nick Hill. It's time to step up as a head coach and take this program where it needs to be because you need this win to put you in the lock and potentially after a win over next week, you could potentially and be in that seven, eight seed conversation potentially.
0: Exactly, because again,
1: people like what they've seen in our resume and everything else.
0: They still have us 10 through 15. They still believe in us. It's all about if we can prove them right, per se. But again, like if we wanted to be this team, we've said before, when are we ever going to beat North Dakota State, South Dakota State? This is North Dakota State's probably weakest point, as you said. They haven't lost however many in 15 years. If you're gonna beat them, it needs to be now. I feel like if we had this game at home, I think we would, even though we know iffy on home at home as well. That you just this is just it has to happen. If it doesn't happen, you know your your final score indicates if we get blown out, then no one's gonna feel bad, you know, good for us, even after our last win, hopefully. So if we're gonna lose, keep it close, but fight like hell and win. This is not the same North Dakota State team, but it's still great. And they will feed off that incredible, incredible crowd, as you said. Leave it in their hands for themselves to know, okay, we got to win on the road next week to keep our season alive after a loss to SIU. Hopefully, that's what it takes. We'll see on Saturday afternoon. So, for Nate Malone, no alerts. As always, go Dogs.